In today's show, we recap Tuesday's action. There were five games on, some very interesting fantasy performances, including a big one in Toronto and a not-so-big big man in Boston, Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it, indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball. Your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at basketballmonster.com and you can find me on Twitter as always at redrock underscore Beeble, on TikTok at redrock underscore Beeble, and on Instagram at LockedOnFantasyBasketball. Today's episode is brought to you by PrizePix. First-time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with the promo code LOCKEDON. That's PrizePix.com and the promo code is LOCKEDON. Thank you for making Locked On Fantasy Basketball your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. So here we are. There's only five games on. Hopefully not too long of a show today as we go through those five games and talk about the things that did happen. So, warning. Let's get it on, Gilly. (laughs) (laughs) All right. LeBron, they said he was going to play on Wednesday. He's officially listed as questionable. Anthony Davis is probable. So, like, that doesn't really change much. LeBron is listed questionable literally every single game until he gets ruled out. So I think he's going to play, but we watch that one. And then how everything works um, in terms of minutes for the rest of those players, Vanderbilt, Beasley, Hachimura, Brown, Schroeder. It's going to be really interesting because we haven't seen LeBron play with those new additions. As for Dallas, Christian Wood, Reggie Bullock, and Tim Hardaway are all questionable. I don't know why they would play Hardaway with a hamstring issue. Don't know why they would do that. Wood's dealing with an illness, and Bullock is questionable. And you know what? I actually just completely blanked on what the reason is that Bullock is listed questionable. Uh, Illness as well with Wood. So um, those guys could all be in jeopardy. Interestingly, Justin Holiday, he could be available to make his season debut. And I would have to think, considering Theo Pinson played 19 minutes last game, that there are some minutes in that rotation for Justin Holiday. We don't care in most leagues. But in deep ones, 20s, 30s, you want to pay a little bit of attention there. The waiver wire, the most added player over the last 24 hours is the painter himself, Matisse Thibel. We'll talk about him in the Blazers game later on, but... Jeremy Grant is out again, so he's going to have a fairly sizable role. And he is worth grabbing, just understanding that some of the offense from game one, and I might sound stupid because I'm recording this before the game um, from today is done. It's actually just only started as I'm starting to record this section that Thibault might come out and score 20 points. i got no idea. He won't, but we'll find out. Josh Okogie up 33%. Things are going really well for Okogie. There could be an opportunity for him to start when Durant returns, but when Durant returns, there is going to be a squeeze. He's fine for now. I don't really trust him. He's never been a great permanent producer, although these last couple of games have been awesome. So solid ad. Sammy Hauser up 26%. Strong given everyone that's out. Strong given the back-to-back. Worth persisting with him for now. Shaden Sharp, much like with Thibel uh, playing today, up 18%. He is trending in the right direction in his career and his permanent numbers. Where that role goes, I'd like to see him lock into 28 minutes a night before I really consider him as a 12-team league guy. And I don't think both him and Thibel can get enough minutes to be relevant at the same time. We'll see it. The big stiffy, the five-minute man, Bones Highland. Clippers debut today, up 9%. I like it because there's five games on. I don't like him long-term as a 12-team league guy, but again, that game has only just started. We'll find out what happens later on. Taylor Horton Tucker. I thought he would have been dropped in leagues after his performance yesterday, but no, he's gone up 7%. 
I'm okay with that. I think he's going to be a fringe 12-team league player. Al Horford, I didn't realize he'd been dropped in as many leagues to have actually been scooped up in 7% of leagues today. And then he didn't play. He'll be fine, though. Don't drop him. He's going to play tomorrow with some pretty good numbers, I would guess. Or hopefully. At least there's an opportunity for it. And then Gabe Vincent up 6% is, I think, a pretty strong ad. The most dropped player in fantasy over the last 24 hours is the big fella in Brooklyn, Cam Thomas, down 16%. I do think that Thomas is going to be better than the last two games. I've said that repeatedly. I don't think he's going to necessarily be must roster, but I can see him pushing back into at least streaming territory, but I get dropping him. I totally get dropping Ben Simmons down 10% as well. I think that's the right move, and obviously Quentin Grimes is a pretty clear drop also. This briefcase and this haircut... He's an easy drop. Larry Nance down 7%. I jacked him off yesterday. I think that's a drop with Zion out for a long time. You don't need to worry about Nance outside of streaming. Royce O'Neal down 7 is a clear 12-team drop. Caleb Martin down 6. I think he's a pretty clear 12-team drop. Killian Hayes down 6. He would probably be the one out of everyone on this list that I would have persisted with. Getting those assists and steals is really tough to do. And yes, I know his shooting has been horrific. But one thing I will say is a positive. It can't be worse. He's shooting like 10% over the last two games. It cannot be worse. So it is going to go up. So I probably would have held him. And then the other one is uh, Dracaris Levert. Dracaris. Down 6%. And yeah, well, he's a great stream when someone's out. And when they're not out, he is, uh, he's bin juice. Today's episode is brought to you by Price Picks. Price Picks is daily fantasy, but it's not daily fantasy like with salary caps and thousands of people that you're going up against and sharks and algorithms and programs. It's just you versus player projection. So you might see Cam Thomas's points line set at four and a half and you go, will you go over that one? Yeah, you probably will. So I'll choose more. Or you might see Ben Simmons' rebound number set at three and a half and you go, ooh. What's Ben Simmons going to do today? Will he go over or under? And you choose it. You get between two to six of those individual player projections, put them into a lineup, and you can win up to 25 times your entry feedback. Entries are easy to do. They can be done in under 60 seconds. You can do them in over 30 US states and the majority of provinces slash territories in Canada. It's not just the NBA, though. You can do it for Major League Baseball starting up soon. NHL, you can do it for Women's College Basketball, the WNBA when that starts, Men's College Basketball, PGA Golf, MMA, Boxing, NASCAR, Cricket, European Basketball, and of course, Disc Golf. So download the Price Pick app or go to pricepicks.com to sign up and play daily fantasy sports. First-time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with the promo code locked on. If you deposit $100, Price Picks will give you $100. If you deposit $50, Price Picks will give you $50. Don't forget to enter the promo code locked on at sign up for an instant deposit match up to $100. As Obi decides that he's going to start walking around. Where are you going, Obi? All right. The first game was an overtime game. It was a weird one to dissect. It is the Boston Celtics losing to the Milwaukee Bucks. Let's just look at who was out for Boston. Marcus Smart, Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, Al Horford, all out. I don't expect Brown to play tomorrow. I don't expect Jason Tatum to play tomorrow. I do expect Horford to play tomorrow. And then there was some talk during the broadcast that, hey, there is a chance Marcus Smart returns tomorrow. Now, I, I don't think that Smart will play tomorrow, but we can't rule it out. What the curious thing was, was Robert Williams. Because Rob Williams was listed questionable before the game. And then we saw that Horford was also questionable. They ruled Horford out. So we thought, all right, so they'll play Williams in this one and sit, sit Williams tomorrow. And they said, yep, Williams is available to play. And then they didn't start him. They started a lineup of Grant Williams, Mike Muscala, and Blake Griffin. Go, okay, that's pretty weird. Are they just not going to play Williams? Which again, doesn't make sense. You'd already ruled him questionable. Why won't you just sit him out? Why rule him available then don't start him? And then he did come in after Luke Cornett did as their fourth big man, big man and played 13 minutes. Now, that's pretty weird, right? I don't think there's any doubt about that. That's weird. 
Rob Williams plays 13 minutes, has six and five. He was a minus 11. I wouldn't say he played particularly well, but I don't know what to make of this. Is this just a weird maintenance thing heading into the All-Star break? Is it preparing him to play a back-to-back for the first time since returning from injury? Is Joe Mazzulla lost his mind? Is he going to run with a lineup where he comes off the bench playing limited minutes moving forward? I don't know. But here's the quote, and this is really friggin' annoying. Here is the quote post-game uh, from Mazzulla. Um, hey, Joe, why did Robert Williams play only 13 minutes? No reason. Cool. Uh, was it matchup related? No. All right, cool. He never, and the reporter's like, he never comes off the bench. And Missoula says, that's not true. And the reporter says, well, he hasn't come off the bench, bench since he got off his minutes restriction. And Missoula says, yes. So what was the purpose of making the change? I just felt like making it. Okay, dickhead. Cool. That doesn't help anybody. Now, I am not one of these people. Um... That's like, you know, wow, my fantasy team, that's so bad. Um, I need all this information for fantasy. Oh, you know, what about my parlays? I am not one of those people. I don't ever bang on about that stuff. I never do anything through the lens of my own fantasy team or any fantasy teams or gambling or anything ever, ever, right? Never do that. But if you are trying to grow the game, and one of the big ways that football became so popular was through fantasy football and gambling, we know this, there's got to be a level of transparency with this stuff. And it just turns people off and then it invites criticisms of conspiracy. And that's one of the things I think the NBA needs to get rid of. You can't invite any level of conspiracy. So what people could easily say, I'm not saying this because I do not believe for a second it is true. Do not get me wrong on this. I do not believe any of this is true. But there will be people out there who say, oh, yeah, well, you ruled him available. So everyone went to look at his props with Horford and Tatum out. They all bet the overs on that. And you guys knew that he wasn't going to play. um, And the gambling companies who give you money um, set those lines up so they could profit off it. All right, you could you could easily see people saying that there'll be people listening to this show who think that right now. I don't believe that for a single second. But what my point is, not that they did this, but you've got to eliminate any risk of even appearing like that's a problem. Transparency needs to be part of it. So this sort of weird stuff, and I don't, I, I don't know what the solution is. Really, I, I'm not smart enough to do that. What's the solution? Hey, this guy's a starter. You can't decide to play him four minutes in a game that you've said he was available. Like you can't give him a five minute first half and then not have any reason. There's got to be something in terms of lineups and stability, and I, I don't, but I don't know what it is. You can't dictate how many minutes a player plays, you, but there's got to be some level of transparency with some of this stuff. Now, if Williams hadn't have played despite being made available, then I would have been, yeah, throw the book at him. That's ridiculous. There is That is a real um, integrity concern. But he did play, and how do you say, well, why did the coach bench him? Why did he play him so few minutes? You can't. It, it's really frustrating. I don't think it's a sign of any injury. I just think it's maybe something of a of a tamp, uh, tampering of a tempering. What's the word? Tapering. That's the word. A, ta- a tapering of minutes and load into the All Star break. Maybe it's preparing for the back to back. We'll find out more tomorrow. I hope we definitely didn't find anything out post game because Missoula, sneaky Joe, the man who loves not telling us anything, and uh, didn't tell us anything. And there is my little rant on that. But what about Maximum Derek? Maximum Derek. 27 points for Derek White, 12 assists and three steals. Do I feel vindicated when I used to say that Derek White's a really good player? I guess a little bit. Like, I guess a little bit, yeah. He's really good at the moment. But my concerns with him rest of season are still there. When they are healthy, when Smart Brown, Tatum, Horford play, does he start? Maybe he does now. Maybe Roy Williams is back to a bench player. I don't know. But White, in that one game where they were healthy, played 17 minutes. I don't really know where it goes. Sammy Hauser, 15 and 9 with three triples. He is a great streamer for tomorrow as well, while Brogdon had 26 in 39 minutes. 
What about the moose, Mike Muscala? I said, hey, I'm, I'm adding him in a 30-deep league. I think you should look at him in deeper formats. Played 44 minutes. <laughs> what? 18 and 8 with three threes. Now, I think it's probably unlikely he plays tomorrow. He was rooted by the end. He couldn't move his legs. He, he just never plays these minutes. Um, and Blake Griffin had 15, 6, and 6 in 24 minutes. Their rotation tomorrow is likely to be pretty ugly. It's likely to be different to this. And I just, I'm really intrigued to see where it goes. But these performances from Griffin and Muscala and Hauser, while they're really useful, even for 12-team leagues today, they're not going to have any relevance post-All-Star break. Interesting, they only gave Pritchard 14 minutes. Thought he could have got a few more there. Well, Grant Williams played a ton. He plays a lot, man, in some of these games. He doesn't do anything with him. Like 12 and 10 is fine, right? That's totally okay. But in 48 minutes, I would hope for a little bit more than 12 and 10. He is not a 12-team league guy outside of streaming because all of these guys are out. For the Bucks, Portis and Crowd are still out. So I featured this guy in the Buy Low show today, Drew Holiday. And he went, all right, cool. In fact, what do the kids say? Bet. Hey. 40 and 5, 7 assists, 3 steals, 8 triples, 62%, 6 of 6 in the line. That's pretty sexy. I love that for Drew. Well done, my friend. Grayson Allen, 13 and 4, with 36 minutes with two threes and a steal. I highlighted him on the streaming show saying, hey, maybe there's some stream value here in Grayson Allen over this little period of time. Well, that worked out pretty bloody well also. Well, Chrissy Middleton, still on this hard minutes restriction. It's not actually impacting his value that much. It's impacting the top side of his value, but 16, 11 and 4, 25 minutes. That's a top 70 player. That's not far off what he normally is. I'd love for the restriction to be lifted soon, but I don't know. Giannis hurt his knee late. He played through it, and they said everything looked okay. Let's keep an eye on it, huh? 46 minutes, 36, 13, and 9 with two blocks. And again, what is with this guy's field goal percentage? 46% on 26 attempts. Also, a horrific 11 of 19 from the line. Hurts you in both now. Is he Russell Westbrook in a big body? Is that what's happening now? It's very weird, the field goal percentage issue for him. Brooke Lopez, who did turn it around last game, turned it back around to be bad. Four points on 0 of 3 shooting. Only 25 minutes. The Bucks were going so small that like Wes Matthews and Joe Ingles were playing center in this game. It was just a weird game with weird lineups, weird results, and somehow, somehow we got it into overtime. Today's episode is also brought to you by Bilt Bar. Bilt Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. You're looking for a treat, you know where to go. It's Bilt Bar. You don't want to go for a candy bar because we know they taste great. It's fine. They do taste great, but they're so high in sugar and so high in calories, it's going to make you feel crappy afterwards. You can get yourself a protein bar, a built bar, covered in 100% real chocolate that satisfies your cravings for something delicious, but also is good for you. High protein, low calories. It's the combo of a year. Name a better duo. Go to built.com and you can find a vast array of flavors, but you can also just straddle Straddle? That's not the right word either. We're not straddling built bars. Well, you do whatever you want in your free time. I mean, um, walk in, strut. That's the word. Strut into a Walmart, go down to the pharmacy department, and there are four bar boxes there. There's coconut puff, there's cookies and cream, and there's double chocolate. Or if you happen to be sidling up next to a Sam's Club, they've got 13 bar boxes there. Churro and brownie batter flavor. So go to built.com, go to Walmart, go to Sam's Club, order your built bars. Built bar is built different. The... Toronto Raptors, they get the victory over the Orlando Magic. Um, final score in this one, 123 Toronto, 113 Orlando. Let's talk about Orlando. Cole Anthony was out. Jonathan Isaac was out resting as well. So we actually got the first man off the bench was the big fella, Chumaro KK. First game back, he had two points. Sorry, no, he didn't. He had zero points in 13 minutes. I don't think he's even going to play every night, so we don't need to care about that. But what about the roller coaster that old mate Jalen Suggs has taken us on? 29 minutes, 24 points on 75% shooting. He had two steals and four assists. Two of his last three games, spectacular. The one in the middle, dreadful. That makes it hard to know what to get from him. Yes, it is helpful that Anthony is out, 
And I do think Suggs is quite a good player and a better player than Anthony overall, but the fantasy profile's not quite there for him. Markel Fultz, unbelievable. 36 minutes, that is helped by Cole being out. 19, 6, and 5, one steal, two blocks. And Wendell had 26, 6, and 5, a big game from him. But Franz Wagner, still, still a buy low. I don't know what's going on with his usage. He didn't play particularly well. Maybe he's just worn out. He carried a gigantic load through Eurobasket playing for Germany. Started out the season well with everyone injured. He was one of the only guys still available, and it's hurting him at the moment. Minus 13, 17% usage, 9, 0, and 6 with two threes. A real buy-low opportunity here, but he is struggling. So is Palo. 13, 1, and 3, no defensive stats, bad percentages. He's just he's not even in the top 200 over the last week. He's fallen to outside the top 130 for the season. I... Yeah, I think he can be better than this, but now I am losing a little bit of hope of what happens rest of season. Bowl played 16 minutes, 9 and 7. You do not need to roster Bowl in 12-team leagues. You probably don't need to roster Bowl in 14-team leagues. The dream is done, guys. I know people love... I don't know why. Actually, I don't I don't actually know what the complete infatuation with Bolt is. He had an opportunity when five rotation players are out. He played well, but he doesn't make sense in their regular lineup when their players are healthy. He's a bench player. He's getting bench minutes, which honestly, if I'd asked you 1st of October, hey, if Bowles getting 15 minutes a night, would you say that's a big W for his career? You'd say, yeah, it's huge. The bloke's not probably going to play most nights. And here he is, getting rotation minutes, being a solid enough backup. But you absolutely do not need to roster Bolt in 12 or probably 14 team leagues. For the Raptors, uh, yeah, this is, uh, this is, I'm pretty happy with this call. Yucca Pertle. I said these are buy low for a big period of time with the Spurs. I said, we're holding out hope that it can't get any worse than this. And if he goes to the Raptors, it might blow through the roof. 37 minutes, 30 and 9, a steal and six blocks on 88% shooting. The 88% shooting, not real. No problem about that. But the 37 minutes? Hmm. Hmm. Yes, Gary Trent, no Jen and Obi were out. I do not believe Pirtle is going to the bench. Precious Achua will go to the bench. You had 11 and 13, double-double in 34 minutes. You can drop him in 12s. And I think one of Trent or Ananobi is going to the bench. Without foul trouble, Pirtle... I talked about this on one of the shows today saying if yeah, if Pirtle gets 33, he might be a top 40 player. I think I think it's possible. This was huge. Siakam 26, 4, and 6, while Van Vliet had only 10 points on 25%. That's bad. But 15 assists, 3 steals, and a block really does help. While Scotland Barnes had 17, 6, and 6, and Boucher 13, and 4. I reckon if you just need an, an open roster spot, um, Boucher and Achua, who are rostered in a lot of areas, they can be dropped. We'd expect Ananobi and Trent to return first game after the break. And that's going to reduce the value of both of those guys. Thad Young left early with an injury, a knee injury. Uh, he only played seven minutes. I wasn't really expecting him to be an every night part of the rotation once this team's healthy anyway. Let's do the next one. The The Suns get a pretty easy win over the Kings, 120-109. Sabonis, 24-15-7. That's just usual stuff from him. Perfect 10 of 10 from the line as well. While De'Aaron Fox, he was pretty good. His shooting continues to be really strong. His free throw attempts are really strong. I do think there's going to be a drop-off. Be aware of that. 35-4-4 four four with four triples. And then Kevin Herter got back in the good books with 18 points and four threes. He also had three blocks, which is very fluky for Herter. He's very up and down. He probably does deserve a roster spot, though. Two guys who I don't think do. One of them is Keegan Murray, 21 minutes, six points. He did have six assists, which is just not what he usually does and shot 29%. But there's been a really common pattern with Murray. If the shots don't go in, he gets benched. 29% shooting, dropped, like just didn't play. Terence Davis closed the game over him. He has, what is he? He's outside the top 150 for the season, Keegan. He had that really hot streak of shooting that bumped him up into some nice numbers, but he's a points and threes guy that's not reliable with minutes or production. 
I don't think you need to roster him. Now, his playoff schedule might be really good for you and that might be useful, but he's still just a back-end guy exactly like the pencil Harrison Barnes. Barnesy. He Ryan Anderson, he'd weigh his way to zero assists, zero steals, and zero blocks. He had 11 and 2. He is ranked a little bit higher than Murray for the season, but he's also outside the top 270 over the last week, Barnsley. There's just nothing there. Like, what's exciting about what he does? I'd rather still be cycling through guys, um, trying other people in that position, finding stream value, finding short-term value, than holding onto him. Terrence Davis played 22 minutes with Monk out. He had 11 points. He had three threes. He had two steals. He's been at least stream-worthy while Monk is out. More, probably more 14 versus 12, but there's been a little bit of something there from old Terrence Davis. For the Suns, they are still missing Kevin Durant, obviously, but also don't forget they are missing Cameron Payne and Landry Shamit. Keep that in mind when we talk about this next guy, Joshua Koga, who played 39 minutes. He was great, 19 and 6 with three assists, but, but will he play 39 minutes when those guys are healthy? Seems a little bit unlikely. Will he shoot 62%? Absolutely not. He's been really strong. He's a very interesting ad at the moment. I just have a gigantic level of skepticism about a bloke who hasn't done it ever in his career. May may start, may not, but there are three guys that are going to come back. And when they come back and cut into his minutes and cut into his usage, and then he doesn't shoot well, well, what else is there? So he's okay now. Absolutely fine. Stream him, try it out. No worries. But he's doing the thing. Extra opportunity paired with unbelievable efficiency leads to us overvaluing what he can be re- like rest of season, I think. Tony Warren re-debuted for the Suns. He had five points in seven minutes. Ooh. Seven minutes is not ideal, is it? Um, I obviously wouldn't be holding him at this point. We just want to watch where that goes. While Ishmael Wainwright played 20 minutes. He's got one game left before his two-way runs out. He went scoreless. Damian Lee had five points in 23 minutes. And the, well, the, oh, the big names. Let's talk about big names. I haven't talked about them yet. Tory Craig. <laughs> Six points, two triples, three steals. No, three assists, sorry. Steal and a block. He's a 14 to 16 team league guy, but that's about it. But DeAndre Ayton was great. 29 and 11, four steals and two blocks. Unbelievable efficiency. He's on a massive roll. Chris Paul, 17 points, but five rebounds, 19 assists and two steals. I wonder how many times when Kevin Durant arrives, he will go under 10 assists. You'd have to think it'd be pretty far, few and far between. And Devin Booker still on a restriction, but played 29 minutes, had a usage of 36, had 32, five and two with two steals. He will cop a hit when Durant arrives, because he will have to reduce some of his usage. But it was great to see him get in a groove, um, get a couple of dunks in, shoot 65%, just a really strong performance for those big names for the Suns and a really strong supporting performance from Josh Okoge. Let's go to the Clippers hosting the Golden State Warriors. The Clippers win it 134-124. The Warriors were without Wiggins and Steph, but it was a back-to-back and Clay Thompson played. He only played 28 minutes, but he played. 18-2-2 with four threes. That's really good. I wonder if he plays all the back-to-backs. I'm still not sure about that because this was their last game and then there's like eight days off until he plays again. So I wouldn't say it's exactly going to happen every time, but it's encouraging. DiVincenzo, 29 minutes, 10 points, four assists, two threes. Like that's totally okay. But remember, no Wiggins and no Steph. We hold him for now. I think he'll become a drop later on. Jordan Poole was pretty strong, 28 points with six assists, and Draymond had 15, five, and seven. And Looney continues to be a very strong rebounder. Now, I wrote him off as a 12-team league guy. Maybe I'm wrong. I probably am, to be honest. 11 and 14 in 27 minutes is really, really good. Kaminga had 16 points. He's had some real defensive struggles and efficiency issues. We don't need to use him in any sort of league. That's not really, really deep. While Anthony Lamb reappeared, eight points in 25 minutes. Um... 
His two-way day, two days are running out. I wonder if they'll convert him or not. Um, they just gave him an opportunity here. He's just not going to play most nights. Don't worry too much about him. For the Clippers, we got all their new players arriving, so we'll talk about all of that. Let's start with uh, the big fella, though, the fun guy, Kawhi Leonard. I'm a fun guy. <laughs> 33 points, seven triples, seven rebounds, four assists to steal on a block. Continues to be unbelievable after a rocky start to the season. Can you believe that he's a top 25 player per game now? It's pretty crazy. Paul George had 20 and 8 assists, 150% shooting. While Terrence Mann was also good. 16, 5, and 6 in 27 minutes. He's just starting to get a little bit better. Not quite into 12-team territory, but at least a 14-teamer. While Norman Powell, only 25 minutes, which is a slight red flag, but he still scored really well. We know what Norman Powell does. He scores. He doesn't do anything else. He had 24 points on 17 shot attempts, 59%. Three rebounds, one assist. That's useful, but it's also not as useful as it looks like it is. The Cockroach, Mason Plumley, 8, 5, and 3 in 17 minutes. Let's go. Get that garbage out of here! Marcus Morris, 6 points in 23 minutes. Get that garbage out of here! Eric Gordon, 7 points in 22 minutes. Get that garbage out of here! And the 5-minute man, Bones Highland, played 16 minutes ahead, 6, 4, and 2. Get that garbage out of here! Interestingly, they only played Nick Batum 8 minutes. There's just not enough minutes for Morris and Gordon and Highland to have an impact. I know people think that Bones is the only true point guard on this team. They don't care. They don't need a true point guard. And even if he was to start and play in place of Terrence Mann, or maybe in place of Marcus Morris, maybe that's what they would do. I just don't think he would do enough. If they did say, hey, we're benching Morris and Highland is starting, I would grab him just to see what happens. But realistically, I just don't think it's going to happen. He played, what, one, two, three, four... Five, six, seven, eight, ninth most amount of minutes in this game where they really tried to integrate the new pieces and limited someone like Nick Batum, who's been awesome for them all season. I wouldn't say that the um, upside here for Bones looks particularly promising, but Bones, Gordon, Morris, Plumley, these guys are still rostered in tons of leagues, and I would not think that that needs to happen in 12 teams. With Plumley getting 17 minutes, Zubats did his normal thing. 10, 2, and 3. Plumley's arrival actually hurt. Uh, Batum, more than, it hurt, more, than, more than it hurt Zubats. 10 and 2 for Zubats. We hold him for now. I'm not precluding him becoming a drop later on, but yeah, he was able to maintain value by them just going big the entire time and never running a small ball center. The last game was a pretty comfortable victory on the road for the Wizards. 126 over the Blazers, 101. Let's talk about Christos Porzingis. Porzingis. He's been unbelievable. 28 and 12, 5 assists a block. I drafted him in a lot of spots and I've been pretty well rewarded. Hasn't really had many injuries. Performing at the top 20 level that we thought he would. Unbelievable stuff. Kuzma returned and went crazy. 33-9 and nine with six triples and a block. Big stuff from him while Beal had 19-2-4. But let's talk about some of the other things. Very intriguing to see DeLon Wright play 29 minutes. He only had five points, but he had six assists and four steals. 6% usage isn't going to cut it for me, but the 29 minutes are really interesting. I don't think he's an ad. Like, obviously, if you get six assists and four steals, you've got to be talked about and you've got to be considered but I'm not banking on 29 minutes or that level of production. I'm also not thinking you have to hold Monte Morris. Six, seven, and four. Like, what's he doing that's exciting? Assists, yes. And if you need them, there's value, but it's not for everybody. The immediate reaction is going to be, well, Kuzma was back, so I have to drop Dan Gafford because he played 15 minutes. It's a bad night from Gafford. Two, one, and one. He had five fouls, though. And I think I've seen enough from Gafford with his team healthy or not healthy to suggest that he's a hold. I'm not going to say the same thing for Denny Abdia, though. Two points, 18 minutes, three rebounds, three assists. Go look at the games. When this team has everyone healthy, they 
don't give him minutes or touches or anything. So much for we need to move Rui so we can play Denny. You play Denny when players are injured. And when players are healthy, you don't play Denny. That is how it's been all season. That's how it was here. 18 bench minutes for Denny Avdia. I would be okay, more than okay, dropping Avdia. And I would, in every situation, drop Avdia over Gafford. I wouldn't drop Gafford. I would drop Avdia. The pattern has been Kuzma, Porzingis play. Avdia doesn't do anything. Beal's there, doesn't do anything. It's been a consistent pattern. Last couple of games were better. Kuzma was out. But you know who didn't start? Avdia. It's not looking great for me, so I wouldn't bother. Kispert came to the bench, 5 points, 18 minutes, while Kendrick Nunn, who was really good last game, had uh, 10 points in 14 minutes. And 14 minutes isn't enough to keep the fires going. For the Blazers, some bad news. Anthony Simons sprained his ankle. It looked pretty bad. I would expect... Now, the good thing here, I guess... Well, is it a good thing? Yes, it is. That There's the All-Star break coming up. So there's nine, ga- nine days before his next game. Is that enough? Possibly. So you might escape... You know, missing significant time. A great time for this. If it's going to happen at any point, it's a great time for it to happen. No Jeremy Grant. No Yusuf Nurkic. Let's talk Drew Eubanks quickly. Only three points, but 11 boards and four blocks. That's pretty good. I don't think he's a must-roster player, but he's absolutely okay to have. Well, Lillard had 39, 10, and 6. And then we get to the mush that is the rest of these guys. 33 minutes for Cameron Reddish. He had 18 points on 58%. He only had one rebound and one assist. Four threes is nice. One steal is nice. But what do we make of this with Grant out and with Simons now hurt? What would they do if Simons is out next game? Well, Grant would start. So would they start Thibel and Ridge at the two and the three? Would they start Sharp and Thibel? I would hope that that's what they would do. I don't think I would rush to add Reddish. I also don't think I would rush to add Sharp, who scored well, again, 14 points, but one rebound, one assist. And that has been the problem holding Sharp back a lot of this time. An absolute, complete absence of any peripheral stats. I would be, I'd consider, look, if you want to take a flyer on Reddish or Sharp, I understand that. I get that. I don't think it's going to really pay off, even if Simons misses time here. Because remember, Grant is going to return. These are just wild flyer types that I just don't think is going to pan out. And remember the excitement over Matisse Thibel? Two points, one rebound, one assist. He played 30 minutes. He had four steals, which is exactly the way we said, hey, Unbelievable defensive stack guy. That's not going away. But the offensive stuff, don't count on it. It's not going to happen. Now, it might happen in other games. The 30 minutes are encouraging. And he probably should be on someone's roster, but it's got to be a really carefully constructed roster. Because if you're running him out there every night, your team's scoring average probably drops from 18 down to 16. And that might make you uncompetitive in the points category or in the threes category or in the rebound category. Like All that stuff was going to suffer. He's going to be a two-category guy and even not a great shot. He's not Miles Turner. Like he's, he's a steals guy with a bit more upside in blocks than a lot of other guys, but it is not a slam dunk. There's much of a slam dunk that that first game would tell you. And that should give you a level of caution when looking at, ooh, what is Josh Richardson going to do tomorrow as well? This, just watch what all this brings to you. Like in the end, like Thibault is who he is. A bad offensive player who's never going to put up many other stats outside of the occasional big game. The minutes are encouraging. The Simons injury helps him. He, I would have Thibault probably over Sharp and Reddish in 12-team leagues. He's got a clearer path to a top 100 uh, little stretch of time. Well, there's a little stretch of value, but it gets, we have to you know, not, I was going to say humble ourselves, but that's the wrong word. Like just some of the outlandish sort of opinions or thought processes on him in Portland maybe need to be reeled back a little bit to understand that you know, the reason he wasn't getting minutes in Philadelphia is he's also just not all that good. 
So just be aware of that. A quick uh, note here, post-game, Chauncey Billups said that x-rays on Simons' ankle were negative, but he also added that it didn't look awesome. No, it didn't look awesome. Chauncey, thank you for that. I, I would guess that, I would guess it's three weeks. Complete guess. Wouldn't be shocked if it's longer. I'm going to guess he misses, obviously, the nine days here, but you know, probably a week and a half, two weeks post-All-Star break is my guess. And then we will see an opportunity for Sharp and Reddish and Thibault to have some value. I think, again, Reddish and Sharp are going to be streamable guys, maybe with some value, but yeah, I'd probably have Sharp over Reddish, and then Thibault is what he is. The lines of the night, the monstrous, does go to the big fella, the, the by-low bump man himself, Drew Holiday. Your waiver wire is Jalen Suggs. He's also the young gun of the night, and the dud of the night is Dan Gafford. Your top 10 players in category leagues, number one was Drew, followed by Jakob Pertle, Kawhi Leonard, DeAndre Ayton, DeMontis Sabonis, Kristaps Porzingis, Damian Lillard, Chris Paul, Kyle Kuzma, and Maximum Derek White. Top 10 players rostered under 50% of leagues. Number one was Jalen Suggs. Yeah, look, a couple of good games, some ones where he hasn't really been as good. It's hard to judge that. I wouldn't be rushing to add him. Blake Griffin at two, no interest. Terrence Mann's like a 14-team league guy at the moment, trending upwards for sure. Eubanks at four. Back-end 12-team league player. Five is Dillon Wright. I don't know if I want to get seduced by this. Six is Grayson Allen. He's a stream option for threes. Seven is Akogi. No problem with adding him for the short term to see what happens there. Eight is Grant Williams. I don't think so. Cam Reddish at number nine. Again, if Simons misses, I could see it with some points, threes, and steals, but I'm not fully invested in that. And number 10 is Terrence Davis, who is good, but I don't think there's much outside of deeper leagues. Four top 10 in points leagues. We've got number one at Giannis, followed by Pirtle, Aiton, Drew Holiday, Damian Lillard. Sabonis, so Chris Paul, Derek White, Kawhi Leonard, and Chris Daz Porzingis. And guys, that'll do it for me today. Don't forget, follow this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and on the Odyssey app. If you're here on YouTube, thumb it up. Leave those comments down below. Guys, we are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.